So I confess some people come to me and say, I'm more Calvinistic. I believe more about Calvinistic, Calvinism, theology. And the only Calvin I even know of is the guy from the, the tiger pet. Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> and normally I see him on Carthy Cal peeing on something. Yeah. Calvin Klein. Or Calvin Klein. <coughs> so I have no idea what Calvinism is. So I know a chipmunk. This is a fun game. <laughs> so, um, but there is one theology that I do ascribe to very strongly. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's called progressive revelation. Anybody hear of progressive revelation? Um, then don't get all freaked out if you think I'm talking about a political movement. <laughs> I'm not talking about progressive um, politics. Um, there, is a there is a theology called progressive revelation. So what progressive revelation simply means that at any given point in time in the scripture, Adonai reveals himself at a certain level, a certain way. Right. But it's not the full picture. That's right. As the Bible progresses... He reveals more of himself, and, and more and more. And it's a simple, simple look into this is uh, he revealed himself to Abraham one way, and he called himself El Shaddai, and then Moses came around and said, my name is Yudhei Hashem. I did not reveal myself this way to Abraham, but I reveal myself this way to you. Progressive revelation. We see that even with the with Messiah and Messianic prophecies. I'm telling you that without a spirit of prophecy, Abraham would have would have had no idea that Messiah was going to come and die for our sins. Because the revelation of Messiah was limited at that time. Until Shiloh comes and these things, and the scepter won't depart from Judah. I mean, how would you even know that the Messiah is going to be the son of David long before even David was born? Right? Right? It was generations later when Isaiah said that he was pierced for our transgressions. Progressive revelation. So, and, it, and it keeps you humble. Because you always know there's something else about Adonai that you may not know about at this point. And it stops denominationalism because the human, human side of things is like when Adonai reveals more of himself, you think, okay, I have, all, I have the whole thing now. And I'm going to like start like the denomination of the whatever, of the thing. Right. But when you, when you realize that Adonai is always progressing his revelation, you can just say, Baruch Hashem, he gave me something new. I don't need to understand it even. I don't even need to get it. Even Messianic Judaism. People think, okay, you know, Messianic, this is it. We're returning to the Jewish roots of the faith. This is all it. There's an expression I've used before. It's a pimple on the butt. It's a pimple on the ASS. It's a small little thing in the big picture. Adonai is much, much bigger. So as we read in the Torah portion, the building of the Mishkan, the building of the tabernacle, and as I said last week, in the Torah portion that speak about the building of the Mishkan, I pay attention considering this place is called the Mishkan, 
The Mishkan is an incredible example of <coughs> excuse me, progressive revelation. Let me explain. The tabernacle, the Mishkan, was all it for that time. Yeah. For that period of time, it was the ultimate expression of God and His manifestation on this earth. The glory filled this temple, this not the temple yet, this tabernacle, this tent. The ark was there and His glory was on it. Fire. I mean, the priests had to wear bells, you know, so they wouldn't drop dead when He walked into it. It was the ultimate expression of God. And even throughout the generations, it was taken by Joshua through the water. And the, 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 the Levites took the ark, you know, the, uh, the ark of the covenant, you know, into the Jordan. The Jordan split. It's this amazing, powerful expression of God. David took it in battles, and when it got stolen, the Philistines are getting hemorrhoids. It's just this incredible, powerful thing. But it takes a prophetic vision to realize it ain't the end game. And there's a prophetic voice in the, in the prophets, in Jeremiah, where it says, the day is coming, you won't even think about this thing. Right. I think it's Jeremiah 3, it says, day is coming, you will not even mention the Ark of the Covenant, you won't miss it, you won't ask for it, and it won't be built again. This is why the people that think that there's a real third temple coming, I don't buy it. Because it says that you won't even think about these things in the days to come. In fact, it says in the end that Yeshua is the temple, the Lamb. Right. So, progressive revelation. It was this awesome expression, but the prophetic voice said, the day is coming, you won't even think about this anymore. So in comes David. And he, he was all about the ark, right? Because he brought it into battle, like I said. He took it back from the Philistines. And he actually built the tabernacle of David, the little tent around it, because he wasn't able to build the temple. And that's actually where we get our name, Mishka David. So one day, David's walking around town. And he was coming back from whatever kingly, good-to-be-the-king thing he was doing. And like he passed the tabernacle. So this is the tabernacle. So the tabernacle here, it, it was all that, right? It was all that. It was the greatest manifestation of God at the time. And he looked at this thing, and then he looked at, how do I do this? He looked at his own house, and his own house looked like this.
home from his little kingly little duties. And he's going home. And all of a sudden, passes by the tabernacle. And he goes, hmm. And he looks at his own place and he goes, hmm. And he goes, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> in a moment that there's something greater. And he gets the prophetic vision that this is not the end game. And he gets a vision as best as he's able to recognize it of a temple. So he's like, this is not enough. I can't live in houses of cedar while God is living in a tent. And God's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, are you nuts? Like, the whole earth is my footstool. Like, I lounge, I, I go to the bathroom on the Andromeda Galaxy. Like, this is nothing. And you're going to build me a house? Whoop-de-doo. But there was something greater that David saw. So God said, yes, you will build me a house, but it won't be you, it will be your son. Again, progressive revelation. Your son, David, will build me a house. And I will be father to him, and he will be my son. Hello, prophetic Yeshua vision. Mm -hmm. So in comes the temple. Out goes the little tent. And now we have the temple. And it was the greatest thing of the time. Again, that Solomon, when he dedicated this thing, the thing was like, you know, 20,000 oxen bleeding to death all over the place. It was awesome. And um, it was the greatest revelation of the time. But the prophetic voices see farther than that. And as this awesome structure stood, the prophetic voices said, The glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former. So, I mean, how can that be? This is an awesome thing. I mean, Solomon built the temple. I mean, it was in heaven just like the Mishkan. Free gifts are coming from the nations. The Lebanon guy is bringing his cedar and Queen of Sheba is bringing all this stuff freely. It was this awesome expression. But the prophetic voice, the prophetic eyes that see beyond, that see the progressive revelation says the glory of the latter house will be greater than even this. So then the Babylonian exile happens. A new temple was built by Herod. The people, not by Herod, but after Nehemiah's time, people were crying. They're like, it's not like the first, so that's not the latter house that's the greater. And then people hated that second house. They wanted the first one back. In comes Yeshua. The end game. Right. And he and his disciples are walking around. And his disciples go, man. Yeshua. Check this out. This is awesome. This is beautiful. But the prophetic voice yeah. says that there is a greater house. 
The glory of the latter house is greater than that of the former. So Yeshua, when he was done doing his kingly things, you're on the air. Yeshua was heading home. And Yeshua went like this. And he went, And the prophetic voice that said, the glory of the latter house will be greater than that of the former, manifested within Yeshua. And he said, this is coming down. And in three days, I will raise it up again. People tend to think <coughs> that Yeshua was talking about himself because he was resurrected. But it doesn't say that he was talking about himself when he said that the temple will be raised again. It says Yeshua was talking about his body. That's right. You you, Mason, are the glorious temple of God. Amen. The glory of the latter house is greater than the former house. Nice. And then this had to come down to make room for the latter house with the greater glory. Amen. This is why even Ezekiel, when he prophesied about this third temple, I believe he was just seeing this through the only way he knew how, which was through analogy of the temple. I don't believe that God goes backwards. Progressive revelation. He doesn't go backwards. So I don't believe we're going to be having animal sacrifices anymore. If we do have... And you can sit down, Temple of God. You can go back to coloring. I'll tell you, if you do, if we have to go back to animal sacrifices, if anything that will make me politically progressive, it's that. Because if we have to go back to animal sacrifices, I'm going to be there with the biggest signs. Hell no! We won't go! Hell no! We won't go! No blood for oil! No blood for oil! No Roger, no rerun, no rent! No Roger, no rerun, no rent! You've done this before. Oh, somebody needed to hear that today. No Roger, no rerun, no rent! No Roger, no rerun, no rent! No Roger, no rerun, no rent! If there's anything that'll make me a liberal, the progressive, it'll be having to kill animals. I'll be there with the signs. Keenan's like, thank God you finally became more progressive. I'll be out there with the signs. No rider, no rerun, no rent. No blood for oil. The glory of the latter house will 
greater than that of the former. In my house, there are many dwelling places. In my house, there are many dwelling places. Thank God for our, our hope of glory that we're going to be living in a mansion someday. But I tell you right now, that ain't what he's talking about. You are the dwelling places. Yeshua is not the temple. He is the one who dwells in the temple. You are the temple. This is why when it's, he said, it's coming down and the temple will be raised up. And by that, I was, he was talking about his body. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. He is the king. You are the dwelling place. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead dwells. What do you think Rab Shaul Paul was talking about? If he was talking about Yeshua the man, he would have said the fullness of God dwells bodily. No, Calvin says that he's fully God, fully man all the time. The fullness of God dwells bodily. Yeshua is the fullness of God. You are the body as well. This is why even the festivals, the Jewish Hebrew festivals, are progressive revelation. Because mm. Passover is Yeshua on the cross. Unleavened bread is the is the uh, is the sinlessness that He makes us. But it progresses to Shavuot, Pentecost, which is a greater festival. Because now the one King of Glory, who is front and center on Passover, is now up in heaven, and he pours himself out to the many. In my house, there are many dwelling places. Sorry to strip your mansion from you. Maybe just give you one in. Hallelujah! You are the mansion. You are the mansion. You are the mansion. 